right, let's do a little housekeeping here. 877-710-ESPN is the number. We've been talking a lot about this, Andy. Um, what happens... Oh, wait. Papa's got a brand new... I'm sorry. Yeah, Rebecca, on. I stepped I mean, on that. That was terrible. That's what you guys' kids posting. are saying right now. You guys are working, so you you got a brand new bag. What they say it's in street terms. Bag. bag is like a check. You know. No, we... I understand what the bag is, Mike. I, I, have you. To, you, uh, to, to I, I am familiar with street talk. I've heard it before. I, know. I knew that one. <laughs> I know I don't know everything. I've, a, I've, I've actually been through the streets, Mike. I, I, Driven I, on I them, walked on, on them. them. I walk, but I walk very fast. I don't want to be out there do, very how long. Do we, how do we know that this is not a song like Papa Was a Rolling Stone? Well, it may be. You have a new Papa, bag. Was, Papa Was a Rolling Stone was really, really specific. Yeah. About but dude wasn't around. And then he died. And then he died. If Papa has a brand new bag, that means he left the bag and it went at the old house. Right. And when, when he died, all he left but they don't, was alone. This song makes the moral of the story. This song, James Brown makes no clarification one way or the other, as to whether new bag could be Papa than the is around bag. a lot, right. whether he's around the house. All, so all know, I'm, I'm assuming the best with Papa here. Yeah. Right. That he, he delivers the bag and then, you know, he yeah. spends time with the kids after spending on him or whatever he does. Yeah, that's true. that's true. That's all the we know about the temptation is, is Papa, had, uh, Papa uh, had a hat. He put it down in a lot of different places. And then he left, and then he died. That's it. Do you guys remember? Do you guys remember, by the way? And he had a hat. He was still a father. The Chris Rock routine about the difference between mothers and fathers in songs. He's like, all these songs in uh for moms are always like you know dear mama like there's all these different tributes about mom was always there mom always had my back i love I you mama for yep. fathers papa was a rolling stone <laughs> yeah exactly exactly uh so we're here until noon uh om young masuk's gonna join us uh zach harper coming up at 10 o'clock um the, we, the, the, the mechanics of this trade, we were talking about it with Dave in the last segment. We've, we've referenced it. Eric Pincus over at Bleacher Report kind of lays this out uh, beautifully really as he does stuff. with math. Eric is a math guy. Uh, so here are the different scenarios that, that could happen based on when the trade is actually executed uh, and then whether or not Anthony Davis waives his trade kicker, which is worth $4 million, his trade bonus. So this, according to Eric Pincus. Um, if the trade happens on July 6th, which is what Woj is reporting this morning, it is currently expected to happen on July 6th, and Davis takes his trade kicker, keeps it, the Lakers will have $23.6 million, $23. million to spend. If Davis waives his trade bonus, they would have $27.7 million to spend. Uh, not enough in either scenario for a max free agent, but obviously 27 is more than 23 if they want to, they could try to trade Isaac Bonga and uh, Mo Wagner without bringing money back in, um, to and that would bump them up to twenty nine point four, unless they can get Anthony Davis to waive his trade bonus, which would then get it up to thirty two point seven. So basically, the longer they wait, the better. Uh, and obviously it's a big deal if Anthony Davis is willing to get rid of and waive that $4 million. So depending on how this goes, the Lakers could have anywhere from 23 and a half to about $33 million to spend. Yeah, I mean, look, it'll be interesting to see how Anthony Davis ultimately decides to handle this. And I mean, I don't want to be the guy that tells him how to spend his money, but it, it feels like he'd be serving himself better in terms of what you're putting in front, you know, what you're going to be able to deal with as a teammate and with your roster, if you're willing to waive that kicker, I mean, $4 million in the grand scheme of Anthony Davis's, you know, banked earnings and future earnings isn't all that big, it's a rounding but, but the flip side is, you know, it ain't my $4 million. Right. And, you know, I don't care how wealthy you are. $4 million. Nobody, $4 million. nobody enjoys but, giving up $4 million. And also, he's saving a lot of money by by them doing a deal now. He gets to live in the new house that he's going to purchase in Los See? Angeles. Versus, versus stand somewhere else, maybe in Boston, renting out a house for a year, whatever the case may be. Think of the for, savings, Anthony. The, the yes. flip side, though, is he's qu- more quickly entering the higher taxes in California as opposed to what they have in Louisiana Ooh, or maybe yes. – the rental state that he'd yes. be staying in. There, there, there are a lot of moving parts in this decision true, as to true, whether Anthony true. Davis uh, would waive the trade kicker or not. But I think we can all agree he's rich. Yeah. Like really, really rich. And doesn't it help us as fans, as observers of the team, for him to just give up that money? I mean, I want to say that, that if, Anthony Davis, to, if Anthony Davis wants to be even more popular than he's already going to be, you waive that $4 million. 
I mean, you want to talk about uh, ingratiating yourself with the fans right, right away. And you make a sacrifice that allows the team to build around you better. And maybe this is the wrong message to send out on Father's Day, like the kind of thing I teach my children. But what is more important than being popular? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, as far as I understand. Um, 877. <laughs> I'm a fun guy. Kawhi actually proved himself to be kind of funny during the, during the yeah. finals. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean he is dry. Yeah, like, with his sense of humor, but but kind of funny. But legit funny. He also proved himself perhaps the best, best player, player in the, the NBA. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN is the number. Zach Harper is going to join us next. Omi Youngmasuk, I think he's going to wander in the studio. Yeah, he's doing TV. Uh, and he's a big shot, and he's going to come in after he's done there. So we'll have Omi Youngmasuk joining us at some point in the ten o'clock hour. Zach Harper is going to join us next, though. Uh, Kamenetsky Brothers breaking down the Anthony Davis trade until noon. ESPN LA. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN is the number. Got Zach Harper coming up from the Athletic in about five minutes. Om Young is going to join us in the studio at some point when he's done uh, talking on TV. He was just on ESPN, the big one. Um, so he'll be in. Uh, covers the Lakers, covers the NBA for ESPN. Anthony Davis is a Laker. Did they give up too much? Did the Lakers come out of this ahead? What comes next? That's all stuff we're talking about. Dewan in LA does not like the deal. You're yeah, on with the I don't like brothers. the trade. I think they should veto it. They who? The Lakers. Well, too late. They agreed to it. They're, they're on board. Well, what, what don't you like about it? What What don't you like about it, Dewan? Because it is dangerous because it that's the, all the players know that they just got to go to clutch and clutch to get them wherever they want to go for the max salary and it's destroying salary caps. It's going to create big market teams having all the star players. Little market teams, they're going to get left out. Right, but that, what does that have to? But that's that's not the. To be perfectly honest, Juan, that's not the Lakers' problem. The, the Lakers, either, you either like the trade for the Lakers or you don't. But the Lakers aren't responsible for thinking what the rest of the league ought to do. And also, say to say a small market team like New Orleans is being left out. They got a lot of value. Lot of stuff no, New here. Orleans is set up really well. We we got we got holes by New Orleans. I think Jeannie got taken advantage of. I think these talking heads have uh, around her with no experience have talked her into a very bad decision because all our future is gone. Lonzo was the engine that drove our car. Lonzo was the future. Lonzo was the one we supposed to build around. But Lonzo, I mean, Lonzo, A, is not as good as Anthony Davis. He simply isn't. B, he's never available. No, he's not. He's not. He's not. He, B, he's, he's be more impactful for for driving a team. Why we need we need to see we need to see Lonzo stay on the court for sixty five games before you can start saying he's the engine of the car. He's yet to play. You'll see. You will see in New Orleans. Drive. Are you a ball family member? No, I mean, like you're I'm you're pushing this hard, man. Dwan, like, look, I, I think Lonzo's a very. I think you. I think Lonzo's a great player. I so think do he's I. Got potential to be an. All-star. I like I like Lonzo. I don't Lonzo think makes the rest of the players better. Lonzo makes cool. So does Anthony better. Davis. Lonzo so, makes Ingram better. So does Anthony Davis. So no, does LeBron. No, we gave up the core. We shouldn't have gave up. D'Angelo showed you already. Watch what Ball be. Ball is going to be way better than D'Angelo. I agree. Way better. I actually agree that he's going to be better oh, if he can figure we, out how to shoot. I, I don't agree with this trade. I think we should veto this now. Say Jeannie was incompetent, mentally incompetent, Rob. Take her to court. To be blanking her. Take Jeannie oh, to court. Have her declared mentally incompetent. Dewan, thanks for much for the call. But like, look, I mean, Dewan, he must have not. He must have enjoyed not making the playoffs for the, years. There is an argument to be made that the Lakers gave up too much to do this. There's no question about it. You can't say that the Lonzo Ball. I think could be an All Star in this league. I think if nothing else, if Lonzo stays healthy, he will make multiple All Defense teams. Period. Yeah, but he will absolutely he make is that. Not currently better, and is very unlikely to become better than Anthony Davis, who is at, at different times in his career has been the you know second or third best player in the NBA. This just, this was though a first though from Dewan because I mean we've had you know especially of late a lot of callers uh complaining about Jeannie Buss questioning her ability to be the ultimate shot caller for the Lakers. We've never had anybody say she should be committed, though. Right. I mean, like, this was a first. Like, the idea of... Declared mentally incompetent. Like, which, by the way, she's not. <laughs> Let's make it clear. That's extreme. No, I think she's fully in charge of her faculties. Yes. I don't any question about yes. that. Uh, so, uh, let's go to Rudy and Compton. You're on with Kamenetsky Brothers. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good, man. Uh, I'm just curious... Uh, uh, what are the chances of maybe since uh, Julius Randle was uh, with the Pelicans and playing along Anthony Davis, what are the chances of the Lakers maybe bringing him back since he overplayed his contract? And also, uh, 
as a shooters, maybe uh, the Lakers could look at uh, some players that are, are familiar with uh, with the coach, uh, like Terran Ross. He's uh, from the Long mm-hmm. Beach area. I'm sure he'll take like uh, maybe like a two year deal to come in and and take over that shooting guard position. You've been you've been talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I haven't. But um, got an inside and line, and also, and, and also uh, JJ Redick. I know the Lakers are they, they were trying to get him before. Maybe uh, now I'm getting two shooters. I think it'll be very. Uh, I'll help the Lakers. You know, uh, fill in that position. That uh, someone like JJ Redick, yeah, listening Rudy, to KSP in Los Angeles, makes a lot of sense. Rudy, thanks for the call. But like, it's interesting. Rudy, the, the two names that Rudy brought up there are interesting because. Hey, Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross is sort of the guard equivalent of Kyle Kuzma. If you think of Kuzma as a six man, he's a you know he's a poor man's Lou Williams in a lot of ways. Very poor man's Lou Williams. Then he comes off the bench, scores a lot of points, can shoot a little bit, uh, volume guy, but he can stretch the floor, and you have to respect the shot. But there's a big difference between Terrence Ross and what he's going to cost, and JJ Redick. You know, Reddick has made Reddick's a fourteen, fifteen million dollar player. Right. And to the yeah. earlier question before we get to Zach Harper, uh, who's gonna be joining us just a second, I think Julius Randle has priced himself out for what the Lakers are going to be Probably doing. Too, and also where do you play? I mean, it, it, yeah. Yeah. He, he I would, love Julius Randle. So do where I. Do I mean, we both thought the Lakers should have kept him in the first place, but he'd likely be a very expensive bench option. So you just the way the market's gonna play out is gonna be is very determined and not just that, and also how much money the Lakers are gonna have to spend because some of these guys these names that people are throwing around, I think in their heads, like people still think of Seth Curry as like a $3 million player. No, Seth Curry's going to be double digits. At least. Um, one guy who's not a $3 million player, Andy, Zach Harper from The Athletic. He's a double-digit guy. Uh, at least. They we they give you double digits. Zach athletic, is a right? volume scorer. Am I correct about that, Zach? Um, I am the all, I'm the all-time leader in joining The Athletic. I've joined The Athletic. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. There you go. Did, did they make you do the essay the second time? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, it was just, it was a spoken word essay. It actually <laughs> Why I'm joining the athletic dot 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 again? Get my name right, I call myself Ethan Strauss. I <laughs> Why I, Adrian Wojnarowski, am joining the athletic? <laughs> yeah. Why I remain at the athletic? Um, all right, Zach. What was your impression? You know, just you know, snap impression when you saw the deal and you saw the, you know, what the Lakers gave up and obviously who they get in Anthony Davis. I mean, it, it, it surprised me because everything I heard. Leading up to you know th- this draft, which is coming up on Thursday, was uh, one Boston was still the front runner because of Jason Tatum, uh, and we turns out they weren't including him in deals according to Mark Stein, I believe. And two, Gail Benson was not going to allow a trade to the Lakers, like just flat out wasn't going to. Even with David Griffin taking over, like this was still a, a firm stance of if he wants to be a Laker, he can sign there next year, but it's not going to happen. But once I think Tatum was off the off the table, now it obviously all makes sense because they got a great haul. Like that is Andy Davis is phenomenal, but that's still a lot to give up in terms of young players and the picks with the swaps that Tim Bontemps reported. Like that's that's a healthy haul. Like that is that is something that you know, God forbid Anthony Davis goes through big injuries, but that could turn into a Celtics Nets Billy King type trade in in a couple of really bad scenarios. I don't think it will. Obviously, you get Anthony Davis. He's one of the best players in the league. He's a great pairing with LeBron on so many levels. I, you know, they made the right move. But let's not forget the the fact that they gave they give up a ton here in terms of future pick, you know, allocations to the to the Pelicans. So it was. A, I think it's a win win for both sides. Yeah, and that's an interesting point, Zach. We're talking with Zach Harper covers all things NBA for the Athletic. Is the idea that there's a lot at stake for the Lakers with this deal and. I, I think Celtics Nets doesn't work just because cont- contextually it's that much different when you're talking about acquiring a guy like Davis in his prime as opposed Correct. to KG yeah. and Pierce past their primes. But the idea that you can do the right thing, but if it doesn't end up working, it's going to cost you. So there, there really is a lot for the line, a lot on the line for the Lakers, even though, again, they made what I think is a very good deal. Yeah, I think they made a very good deal for themselves while still giving up a lot. And I, and I think in the comparison with, with the Celtics Nets trade that I made, obviously you were getting a much better position with Anthony Davis in his prime as opposed to KG and Paul Pierce at the end of their ropes, right? So that so that's that's a huge difference. But both teams, you know, both situations were made out of desperation. I mean, that, the, that Nets team was desperate. It was an order from on high of the owners, like, you better make us the best team in New York heading into the Barclays Center. I don't care what it takes to get done, get it done. And so there were no protections on any of these picks or pick swaps, and it ended up killing the you know the Nets for a couple of years. 
in terms of the Lakers, this was move, this made you know this move was made out of desperation. It was, and now you can still make a good move out of desperation. But LeBron's only locked in for another three years, right? Like these picks go through twenty twenty five. Like you could, there could be a scenario where where things fall apart, LeBron moves on or retires or whatever, and you still owe picks, and your team might not be that good at that point, and that's where you get into some trouble. You still make the move, but it isn't just a it isn't just a you know a slam dunk in terms of in terms of all right now we're good for the future. Like you gave up a lot of future, and you have to hope that Anthony Davis not only helps bring you back to the playoffs with LeBron, but that he's able to sustain beyond LeBron because that's really going to be the key to just how how much this this trade ends up working out in the Lakers favor and we're talking to uh, Zach Harper from the athletic and the other the other part of this is Rob Palenka and you know I, I've written a, a few times like the hard part isn't the Lakers getting the superstars they LeBron James wanted to come here and the Lakers to their credit didn't do anything that made it so he had to go somewhere else and Rich Paul basically kicked down the door to LA and the Lakers just had to give up enough stuff to make that happen um, the hard part comes now where the Lakers have to fill out the rest of the roster, where they have to sustain success, uh, like you say, through an era where they're not going to have a lot of money to play with, they're not going to have a lot of, of draft picks to build with. How confident are you that Rob Palenka is skillful enough as a GM, not just to make them good this year, but to keep them good for three or four or five years? I mean, it, it's tough because he did, like he and Magic got LeBron there, right? And that's the biggest domino to fall and then magic leaves obviously rob is is the is the main guy and and rob gets anthony davis there those are two big wins for that organization in terms of uh, getting the talent you need but we saw last summer filling in the margins while still leaving flexibility didn't go well a lot of hilarious confusing decisions (laughs) even worse I mean, well, it went well for you. It just didn't go well for the well, Lakers. Well, you know me. I'm, I'm, I'd rather make the jokes than the analysis. So, I, yeah, it worked out <laughs> great for me. It also brought me and Michael Beasley back together for, in the same city for a while. And so, that, you know, that's always, that's always a plus. But, uh, but in, terms of, in terms of, you know, filling in the margins, that, that's arguably the tougher job for, for the Lakers than just going out and getting the stars. And so, you know, I was just on NBA radio with, with Jason Jackson. We were kicking around the idea of if you're the Lakers, would you rather go out and sign Kemba Walker to be that third guy, or if you can allocate that money to like a JJ Redick Patrick Beverly combination, does that make more sense for you? Like, how easy is it to fill out this roster? And so they've got really tough decisions on how they they fill that third slot, either with a, a max level player or a couple of role players that help flesh out the, the roster. Because we saw last year they didn't do a good job of that, and so the, you know they've they've got two big wins here, and that, and that should be celebrated by Lakers fans, but. Filling in the margins is, is a lot harder to do than, than I think a lot of people assume. And, and that's actually a discussion Brian and I have had over the, over the course of this entire show. I, I fall into the camp of, unless you're talking about somehow getting Kawhi Leonard, who's just so good that he becomes a no-brainer, You know, maybe there's a couple other all-star exceptions, but by and large, I think they'd be better, up, better off breaking up that remaining cap space on more shooting, more defense, just more overall depth. What do you think that would be the better route? I think I tend to lean, lean towards depth, but but considering LeBron's on the team, um, I don't think you want to wear him out in terms of running the show. And and you can look at Anthony Davis and say, hey, he can handle some of the offensive loads. Absolutely, he's a phenomenal scorer. He's a terrible playmaker. Like he's just not a good, he's not a good playmaker for for his position. Like I get he was a point guard growing up and then hit the growth spurt. That's great. He didn't pass it. Doesn't pass it all like he was a point guard growing up. Like he's just—he's not that guy. And so I think there's huge value in bringing in a third guy like a Kemba Walker who can give LeBron possessions and quarters off to not have to to lead the charge in terms of facilitating offense. Um, but even with that said, I tend to lean towards depth, and I think you saw that with uh, with this Warriors, you know, dynasty <laughs> ending the way it did with all the injuries and having to fill in with like guys like Alfonso McKinney and Jonas Terebko. Look, you're still in a good position because you're competing for titles, but at a certain point, you don't want to have to play Jonas Drebko in a big game. And also, too, the way the way the Raptors were set up in beating him, and like you know, you had like that like a true pyramid uh, of you know of hierarchy in terms of star power and what guys did. But you get beyond Kawhi Leonard, and then you know Kyle Lowry, Lowry who's an all star. He's an all star, but he's an all star in decline. And Pascal Siakam is on the rise, but he's not there yet. And then from there, they were built with three point shooting and defense. 
Yeah, and I mean, what are the two things that the, the Lakers need more than anything, right? Three-point shooting and defense. Like, that's, you know, I think they're a better defensive team under, uh, they were a better defensive team under Luke Walton than maybe they were getting credit for the last two years. Um, but that's still, like, that's what's going to win it for you. You have the stars, now you have to surround them with shooters to give them space to operate, and you got to make those stops on the other end of the floor, otherwise none of that shooting matters. All right, last question for you, Zach. We're talking to Zach Harper from The Athletic. Uh, you know, obviously, there's a lot of space to fill in between now and then, but where do you put the Lakers currently with the two players they have, with Kyle Kuzma, and at least the opportunity to add more in the sort of Western Conference rankings? I mean, look, they still have a ton of work to, to do, like you mentioned, but they've got to be up there with just about everybody else. I mean, we'll see what Houston ends up doing now that Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson are are severely injured. We'll see if they still try to blow things up a little bit or if they now kind of calm down and, and feel like they have the status quo. Denver's obviously very di- dangerous. Um, the Clippers, assuming they go grab a max guy, maybe even Kawhi Leonard still left the championship, they become very dangerous. Uh, but the Lakers are up there with, with everybody because you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and as long as those two are healthy, my God, like that is an incredible combination. Uh, all right. Well, last thing, actually, before we let you go, Papa was a Rolling Stone. Good Father's Day song or not so good Ooh, Father's Day song? I don't. I, I feel like we don't understand that song enough to to let it be a good Father's Day. Song. <laughs> yeah, we we've actually discovered over the course of this show, Zach, it's harder to find good Father's Day song. Like you can find a lot of songs with like Papa in the title, or you know, well, they bring it up and like mean it's a good Father's Day song. I feel like hey, this is, it doesn't have anything to do with father. I feel like I like it when you call me Big Pop is a better Father's Day song. We we, we played we that, one, that one. That we gave that one a yeah. thumbs up. Uh, but for like example, yeah, uh, Papa Don't Preach ended up in the uh, in the rotation. Not you just, great. You don't want to get it to cast in the cradle, right? Uh, <laughs> that's when you, you, now, you, now we're going into therapy and you're charging money, and that, that's an hourly rate I don't want to pay. Uh, all right, Zach Harper, thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate it. Appreciate it, guys. Anytime. All right, so that is true. No Harry Chapin. No. <laughs> Stay away from the Chapin. <laughs> Cats in the cradle. Mm-mm. Oh, that is it. That just, like, your goal every day when you wake up as a father is to not end up a lyric in that song. Like, just, it's where your kid goes, that was my dad. Oh, it's the, it's the worst, too, because that guy just, over the course of the song, realizes just how <laughs> unsuccessful he was yeah, as a father. Not gutting. just be, Not just because... He recognizes the time that he didn't spend with his kid, but he realizes that he created a monster. Exactly. His kid turns out to be just like <laughs> he him. He created himself. Yes. Oh, it's awful. Um, it's like sort of like when you realize like every breath you take isn't a great like love song. It's about stalking. No. Oh, no, no. But there have been so many people who play every breath like at they, their weddings. At, at their wedding. No, terrible. No, stop. Terrible stop. song. Don't do that. Listen to the, the lyrics, Like people. people who use it like as their first dance. No. No, you were not listening. No, Mm-mm. don't use cats in the cradle either. But no. All right, 877-710-ESPN is the number. We'll take your calls when we come back. Om Young Sook's going to stop by studio, uh, this one particularly, uh, and we'll uh, we'll break down the trade with him. That's all coming up. We are here until noon. Kamenetsky Brothers, ESPN Elect. Like I say again, it'll be the worst move the Lakers ever did in their life, and they'll never win another championship. Guaranteed. They're going to regret it. I'm going to have fun with it. It's, 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 I told y'all it was crashing down. Now it completely crashed, but at least my son got off the boat before the thing exploded. I gave him a chance. You can rewind it and go back. And I said, if you get the three ball brothers, you're going to survive this. You let them go. Oh, it's going to be a cold day in here. Little daddy lessons from Beyonce. And happy Father's Day to all of you from LeVar Ball. That's right. Uh, also traded. To New Orleans. Yes. Lakers won that end of the deal. Um, so if you missed the news, uh, LeVar Ball, along with Lonzo, has been traded to the New Orleans Pelicans with Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, the number four pick in this year's draft, plus two uh, two picks down the road, along with pick swaps in the off years, so where the Pelicans can trade you know, pos- draft positions with the Lakers. Uh, Pelicans kind of running the draft for the Lakers. Plus, the don't, don't forget... Uh, LiAngelo Ball and LaMelo Ball also traded to the Pelicans right. because presumably, if not automatically, the Pelicans are going to have all three Ball brothers oh, on the team. In. Yeah, come on in, Ohm. Ohm, you don't have to wait out there. Ohm? Ohm. Ohm. Come on in. 
He's Join us. Home Yom Nasuk uh, covers all things NBA and, in particular, the Lakers. For, joining for ESPN, joining yes. us in studio. Eight seven 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 ten ESPN is the number. And like, what was funny about that is like Lavar was out at uh, the Drew League, uh, just kind of watching, and they announced the trade. Like, and you, people were there to watch Lavar's face when this happened. And Ohm, you were one of those people, right? Correct. You, you saw? Did you see his face melt when? Because he didn't know, He's made it pretty clear. He didn't want to go to New Orleans. Uh, you know, I wasn't there when the, this announcement apparently happened. Um, I got there after that. Uh, okay. Because uh, we were still kind of working on, you know, the aftermath of the trade and everything. And uh, then, wait, that wasn't your top priority to go get LeVar's? And then, uh, you know, once I realized LeVar was going to be at, was at the Drew League, I just kind of got in the car and sprinted over and was fortunate enough to get over there and get him before he left. And it doesn't seem like he's uh, thrilled about Big Bayou brand. Um. You know, look, I, I, he said he had just heard about the trade, was just learning about it, and so I think he was still digesting everything. And then, and then of course, LeVar went into classic LeVar mode, uh, mm-hmm, basically right. cursing the Lakers, uh, putting a curse on the Lakers, and I should say not, not any profanity or anything like that, but basically saying they're never going to win a championship. This is going to be the big, biggest regret of their life. He's trying to speak their demise into existence the way LeVar likes to speak all things into existence. Yeah, and he almost did this. Remember, I mean, I think what... A week ago, he said that his son wasn't going anywhere. Um, And look, I was also there to get Lonzo. Lonzo was there. And so Lonzo came out and, you know, graciously took pictures and, you know, talked to to kids that were outside the Drew League. And then Lonzo saw me, said, hey, Ohm. And then I, you know, I said, hey, do you have a minute? Can you, you know, can you talk? And and he was just like politely, like said, not today. And so, you know, I totally understand. I mean, look, all all jokes about, you know, LeVar Ball aside, the Pelicans, I think, did well in this deal. And, and, you know, if Lonzo can stay healthy and stay on the court, he and Drew Holiday form what could be the best defensive backcourt in in the NBA. Defensive backcourts are very rare. Good defensive backcourts are very rare. Brandon Ingram, you know, assuming the issues with the deep vein thrombosis are behind him and the prognosis is at least thus far have been very optimistic. I've always been high on Brandon Ingram. I think he is a really good player. And last year, from once 2019 rolled around, from January to the point where he had to, you know, miss the rest of the season. He was putting up all-star production. Josh Hart, I think, is a legit rotation player. The, the Pelicans did well in this deal. So, Laker fans who you know probably are sad to see these guys go, I heard that Brandon, uh, you know, was on the court, kind of doing, uh, you know, not just like you know dribbling drills, things like that. He's not shooting, but progressing well. And Lonzo had begun shooting, and perhaps could be cleared for contact drills starting in July. And this would be, you know, the first summer that he can really work on his game in a bit. And also, I had heard that Lonzo was actually shooting the ball pretty well. I mean, whatever that's worth. Obviously, he's just shooting the ball out there. But uh, you're right. Look, uh, New Orleans got an unbelievable haul. I, I, I wasn't sure if I'd ever see the day again when we would see the Brooklyn trade sweetener. I was in Brooklyn when that trade happened. I was in New York when they gave up three first-round picks. And I remember thinking at that time, even though they got an aging Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. Two of which could very well be unprotected. Right. And, I thought, and the pick swaps. I thought the Brooklyn trade at the time was worth it because the Nets were all in and they were going for it. And remember, Jason Kidd had just – they had just hired Jason Kidd as the head coach. They had Darren Williams. They had Joe Johnson, Brooke Lopez. But then none of us saw that – the Brooklyn team would be dismantled after one year because of an incredible luxury tax. Jason Kidd and, and Billy King did not get along. There was a power struggle. Jason Kidd ended up leaving for Milwaukee. This, though, is for Anthony Davis, who just a year ago, uh, over a year ago, after DeMarcus Cousins went down, and even before that, we were talking about possibly being the best player in the game. Correct. And right? I, I think that's I think that's what is important here is like, Two things can be true at once. New Orleans could have done great in this trade, got exactly what they needed and a little bit more. And the Lakers could have done something that benefits their franchise that they really needed to do. The Lakers have this window with LeBron James where you can't burn another year waiting for 2020 or Anthony Davis is going to sign here. We don't have to. No, you got to do something with LeBron now. Um, and in other words, you, there's no point to having him on your well, roster. And, if you, and also, too, if you let 
if you if you just wait, if you let this thing go on for another six weeks because right. you're 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 haggling over a 2024 draft pick or the inclusion of Josh Hart or whatever it might be, and really trying to play hardball. Suddenly, the market can open up for another team, well, like it did in Oklahoma City with Paul George, like Toronto swooped in and got Kawhi Leonard. The Lakers needed to get this done. Especially with the landscape of the NBA completely changing yes. in the last week. when With Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson's injuries, not only is the Western Conference wide open now, okay, with all due respect to the Golden State Warriors and the Denver Nuggets and the Houston Rockets, uh, and listen, maybe even the Clippers, if the Clippers get Kawhi. But if Kawhi does move, the entire NBA is wide open. Mm-hmm. The Lakers needed a pounce. I think Rob Palenka learned from the Paul George thing. And But don't you have a feeling, listen, I, I'm not reneging on this deal. I'm saying this is a good deal for the Lakers, okay? Yes. But with the details today that Woj just put out there and Bobby Marks, I felt like Lando Calrissian when I first learned it and I was texting with somebody and I was telling them, I said, this deal just keeps getting worse and worse, right? It puts a premium on the Lakers. 20, going from $32 million to what, 23? 23, it could, it could. I mean, you, you, you had if 30, it, but, but Yeah, we don't you know You had yet. $32 million, and if this were the, if this is going to be the case, and yes, I think Woj and Bobby Marks left them a little bit of wiggle room saying, hey, this is expected to happen, okay? But if this is the case and what does happen 32 to 23 million now you are not going to be able to get probably a Kyrie Irving or a Kemba Walker and now you have less money to break up uh, for maybe two to three significant role players that can stretch the floor it's but I mean the the, where the Lakers are starting here is from the premise that if we have uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis we have two of the transcendent players in the NBA and there is no better two-man combination in the league and I think that is absolutely 100% true how they go from here, though, is dependent on the numbers, Ohm, that you're talking about and the skill and recruiting, the skill of Rob Palenka and the recruiting ability of Davis and LeBron. So let's talk about all of that. We'll also take more of your calls. We're here until noon. Ohm young joining us right now in studio. Kamenetsky Brothers, ESPN LA. All right, we're here until noon. The Kamenetsky brothers, Brian, Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, joined by... Now, this is a good father. See, I think I found, Absolutely. Yeah, I think I found a great Absolutely. father's song, Daddy. Yes. How about uh, Big Papa? We played Big we played Papa. Yes. <laughs> See, I knew I knew Om would go what, urban on this. What, what we discovered, though, Om, is just that... A lot of songs with father or they're papa slow. in the title. Well, not even that, that they're was, slow. That was Mike's problem. They're, they're not slow. necessarily songs about no. good fathers. No. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, um, do you think Papa Was a Rolling Stone is a good Father's Day song? Uh, yeah, why not? The yeah. lyrics. That's well, why. Papa Was a Rolling Stone. Yes, Wherever he laid his hat right. was but his it, it didn't And when say, he died, all he left us was alone. Yeah, well... It, it's, I mean, it's Father's Day, not Perfect I, Father's Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, look, I am one of the beliefs that like, I heard you guys talking about Papa Don't Preach. At the end of the day, that is a positive father story, right? Well, it turns into really like Grandfather's Day. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, in terms of where the song goes, I mean, we, <laughs> it is Father's Day down the road, but really what you're informing is the grandfather of the situation. Of the can future we, can situation. Can we get a Big Daddy Kane song? I mean, even though it's not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like that's that. a good call. I like that. I, I like, like that. that. <laughs> it's tough. Get on that, Rebecca. It's tough. But it's got to be clean, remember. Got to be clean. But who's the happiest father as far as Laker player, uh, exact right now after this deal? Rob Palenka. Right? Yeah, I thought about this. I thought Rob Palenka is probably having a good father. <laughs> I've been, I've been but, thinking about who is. Besides the fact that I did think about this, because I thought. You know, yesterday somebody mentioned to me, man, this is, you know, for, for LeVar Ball, this is Father's Day. How this is Father's Day is going to be for him. It's got to be a little bit bittersweet, you know. Look, LeVar is a big family guy. He loves his family. So Father's Day is going to be a great day for him anyways. But he wanted his son to be here in Los Angeles. He wanted all three sons to be here. He still mentioned it yesterday when I talked to him that he still dreams of three sons playing for the New Orleans Pelicans now. But – what is his Father's Day like for, for LeVar? And then I started thinking, Rob Palenka, on the other hand, probably is having a great Father's Day. Uh, and, and then I started thinking, like, I wonder if they did get this trade. I know Cleveland – I mean, I mean, I know New Orleans wanted this trade done as fast as possible to work out, guys. But I was like, you know, this allowed Rob Palenka to enjoy his Father's Day. Yeah. it's, it's, it's the, the dynamic around Palenka is fascinating here because, look, the Lakers – Finish this trade. Eight seven 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 ten ASPN is the number two. If you're hanging on the line, we'll get to you here in a second. Um, but the Lakers this morning 
have a better two-man combination at the top of the roster than any team in the league right now. Especially, you know, Kevin Durant not going to play next year, so you can't really consider him and Steph. Like, there's no two, I'm not saying they're the best team. We don't know what the team looks like. But just in terms of, of, of talent at the top of your roster, they this is what, like, they, they close the deal here. They've got Anthony Davis and LeBron James. It's a pairing that makes a ton of sense. It's the best, LeBron's obviously the best player Anthony Davis has played with. But Anthony Davis, you know, you could argue is the best player LeBron has you know played with certainly as a solo actor certainly since leaving Miami, and so I was going to say Prime Wade when when he first joined up that that guy was pretty damn good. But as a but fit, you can have the discussion. You but, can have the discussion. But as a fit, Anthony Davis is much easier to put next to LeBron James than Dwayne Wade was. Like that was that that took a while, and so you know the, Rob Palinka and the Lakers did good work here getting that superstar. But my point has always been with with is is you know they get some help here. This is the perk of being the, the the general manager of the Lakers. They laid the groundwork for LeBron to come and let LeBron land the plane. Like they, LeBron needed a reason to say no, not a reason to say yes. Rich Paul kicked the door open and said, "It's never going to get better than this. I I can I can do everything but get you to execute the trade." And they executed the trade. The hard stuff comes now. Now we're going to find out how good a GM Rob Palenka is because if he's still the GM in 2024, 2025, when we're talking about the end of all these, he has done an outstanding job because he has navigated, you know, difficult waters and all that kind of stuff. We're going to see like they can't have this type of summer this year than they had last year. You got to pick better players. It should be easier to pick better players because they can look long term. But now we're going to find out. And I am, I am fascinated by how this is going to go. Well, all indications have been prior to this trade, the Lakers understand and Rob Plink understands that they do need shooting, unlike last summer when they tried to perhaps outthink everybody and go the route of let's surround LeBron with more ball handlers and ease the load off of him. Uh, so I do think they have looked at several options including such as breaking up what what money they were supposed to have at the max. Now, let's say they don't have 32 and they have 23. You only have one option now. Yeah, the decision go gets made for players, you. Right? But if you did have $32 million, okay, let's say they decide to get uh, – if New Orleans allows them to have that cap space. What are you doing? What is your, your dilemma here is do you go after Kyrie Irving and Kemba Walker? And I say if one of those guys wants to come, you have to take them. But – or – do you fill out the rest of your roster with two to three really good, solid guys that can stretch the floor? And you're going to need those legs. Look, LeBron, yep. we, everybody expects LeBron to come back with a vengeance, and I, I, I'm putting, I would put my money on that. But you also have to save him for the playoffs. This is now going to be a long run. Same thing for Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis has been has had an injury. Learn the words the load part. management, Lakers yeah, fans. I, I mean, somebody like Kawhi, let's say they're dealing with the full max. Somebody like Kawhi is an automatic no-brainer. Yes. You obviously bring him in. But if you're dealing with either more limitations or some, somewhat of limitations, I actually think you can make a stronger argument. We'll get into it more later. But I think you can make a stronger argument for the three-point shooting and defense and just Splitting rounding out, out a yeah. roster. Zan, Zan and Fontana actually wants to talk, I believe, about that issue uh, of what to do in free agency. Wait, sorry. That's Zan and Fontana. Go ahead, Zan. Yeah, hi. Well, I- you know, my thought on it, I think LeBron could be a catalyst in this in that uh, Anthony Davis had one year left on his deal at about 28. If LeBron takes the uh, uh, page from the uh, Miami book when he went there, when he, Wade, and Bosch agreed to take less, if he restructured his deal for one year, and uh, uh, Anthony Davis had one year, say they persuade uh, Kawhi to come for one year, they can make even money, and the following year the Lakers can overpay to keep all of them, and then that gives you more money to fill out the roster this year. Zan, thanks. The timing of that doesn't kind of work out exactly, but the the principle LeBron could opt out. Um, after doesn't or, or is no, it, he doesn't have his opt out not, yet? It's the it third year, three? It's the year, it's year third, three, right? But he could theoretically give them a little bit of savings after the third year. But it doesn't help them right Anthony now. Anthony Davis could sign a one-year deal and then come like this. So there are possibilities here. But you have to work under the assumption that LeBron's going to keep his contract the way it is. Anthony Davis is going to demand and get the full max. I mean, we're hearing right Thanks. now that Anthony Davis isn't going to waive his trade kicker. Right. So, so I mean, that's not a good indication that he's going to be willing to give up money on a, on a reworked deal or, right. or his so future I, deal I don't down think, the road. I don't think if you're Rob Palenka, and unless you disagree, I don't think you can plan on that kind of thing happening yeah. where all these stars kind of 
manipulate the salary cap in a way that allows the Lakers the most flexibility. You just have to assume you're going to have to pay everyone. Yeah, and look, it is going to be quite the challenge if you only have $23 million to fill out this roster with a bunch of guys that could be, you know, they might get one really good guy, like say they could bring back Brooke Lopez or somebody, but then everybody else is about, you know, minimum salaries. Um, all right, so we'll take a few more of your calls. 877-710-ESPN is the number. We're here until noon. Om Young Masuk is joining us in studio. Uh, a special Lakers talk with Alan Sliwa and Greg Bergman follows us at noon. Lots of Anthony Davis talk all day long. ESPN LA. I mentioned. Oh, here you go. Um, so I mentioned Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. We're here until noon. That uh, will be followed by Lakers Talk with Alan Sliwa and Greg Bergman, and those guys will be on for the next 47 hours. <laughs> um, apparently, they can't even wait until noon. They're already Instagramming. Like, they're on Bergman's Instagram channel. Wow. These guys are attention whores. They really are. It's like, you've got 93 hours coming up on the radio. Sliwa was on, like, somehow anticipated the trade coming. Maybe he just knows stuff. Sliwa's got inside information. Sliwa's on at one, previewing the trade. It's just never then, enough for those guys. It's like, come on, man. Well, I mean, it's kind of... Sliwa was on Friday? He's just trying to take over the it's whole It's kind of sad and unbecoming. I mean, like, at some point, like, give it a De- rest. Desperate. It's desperate. You know what it is? It's needy. I mean, like, Alan it's Sliwa has... Needy. He's really tried to turn the acquisition of Anthony Davis. It's all about but him Alan, now. right. Yeah, this this whole thing has been about Alan Sliwa. It's kind of gross. <laughs> It is, um, but anyway, they're they're on at noon. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> noon to like eight. And I think Alan's just going to chain himself to the desk, and that'll be the end of that. <laughs> It'll be the morning show with Keyshawn, like, LZ, Travis, and Alan. No, I mean, I don't even Mason think Travis Ireland, is going to get a seat. I think Mason he's just going to bump Travis and Alan. Sedano and Allen. Again, it's gross is <laughs> yeah, what it is. It is. Um, all right. Om Young Masuk joins us in studio right now. The Lakers have pulled off the deal uh, for Anthony Davis. It is a good deal for the Lakers. It's a good deal for uh, New Orleans, at least. That's my opinion. William in L.A., what do you think? Oh, man, this is an excellent trade. I don't, you know, this cat, Dante, whoever the name is, says that uh, Jeannie was delusional or whatever. Oh, yeah, you're talking about our caller in the last uh, Dewan. That was Dewan who thought that, that oh, Gene, thank you for listening to the whole show, uh, that Dewan thought that Jeannie should be committed and declared mentally incompetent. Wow. Like, actually, <laughs> t- actually taken to court. Uh, go ahead, William. Yeah, he's, like I said, man, this trade is excellent. We had to do something. As a Laker fan for more than 30 years, I, was, I got tired of losing. I'm tired of it. I want to be in the back of the playoffs. I want to be in the hunt. And we had the grandest superstar. And, you know, I'm just giving I'm giving credit to the Lakers front office for pulling this deal off and, and pulling the trigger on it because finally, you know, we, we have to take a chance. We have to do something. Uh, thanks for the call, William. I appreciate it. Like, yeah, I mean, this this question of, like, of the leverage question, which is kind of what, what William's getting into a little bit there. I think the perception was, Ohm, that, the Lakers had all the leverage here. Where's the market for Anthony? Not really. I mean, I, because, yeah, there wasn't a developing market right now, but one quickly could. But the fact that, like, it was, like, kind of a foregone conclusion that Anthony Davis had come here. The It was never going to be easier to get Anthony Davis here. The Lakers were under tremendous pressure to execute this trade and get it done. And David Griffin, who is not an idiot, knew that and understood. And the leverage was no. I won't make this trade with you. You just have to wait and let somebody else do it. And he understood what that meant for the Lakers, and good for him and good for the Lakers for getting it done. Uh, I don't feel they had the leverage, and I think that shows in the draft picks that they give up. I mean, how many— The Lakers, you mean? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I there was all I kept seeing on that list was unprotected, unprotected, pick swap. Like, that is crazy amount of picks to give up. But when you look at it maybe five, seven years from now, and you see perhaps Lonzo Ball— Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart develop and become really, really, really good. But I think when you look back on and see those guys for Anthony Davis and how good Anthony Davis will continue to be, I think it'll be a good trade. Yeah, I mean, you're getting Anthony Davis in his prime, but also this this is the cost, for better or for worse, depending on if you're somebody who didn't like the deal, of going all in with LeBron, particularly LeBron at yep. this stage of his career. It is pointless 
to have him on your roster if you're not doing everything you can to be good right now. Uh, Joey in Eagle Rock, you're on with the Kamenetsky Brothers and Om Young Masuk. Hey guys, uh, I you know I'm I, I'm happy about the AD trade, but I, I don't want to really debate that. I'm kind of curious whether you know the Lakers front office is really going to take this team into the modern NBA. And as a sensible Laker fan out here, I'd rather see us kind of go instead of for someone like Kemba, which kind of would be a classic Laker move to get another big guy. I would love to see us get the uh, the cheap Clay Thompson that's waiting out there by the name of Malcolm Brogdon. So Stop, Mal- Malcolm Brogdon is not going to be cheap. Well, he'll yeah. be cheaper than Clay Thompson. Cheaper than Clay, but not yeah. cheap. But he's a restricted but he's, fr- he's a restricted free agent. And look, you you are thinking along the same lines of some people I've talked Joey, to in, for the in, call. The, in the Lakers organization. Malcolm Brogdon's name is a guy that that they find very attractive. He's a great player. Problem is, is he's a restricted free agent, and now we don't know if you had thirty two million dollars to play with, you might have a chance. Uh, twenty three, and remember, if you go after a restricted free agent, that holds up your money for right. a while. Right, and it's it's. I, I forget the. I know they've changed that timeline. Yeah. It used to be a week. I think it's four days now. But but that's still, still money four you can't use while unless you rescind Seth Curry the offer. Goes off, right, Seth Curry goes off the board. JJ Reddick goes off the board. Whatever. Yeah, if and especially going to try to keep Malcolm. Brown. Especially, Ohm, you you raise a great point. If the Lakers are down to that mid twenties amount of cap space, if nothing else, and and I'm somebody who feels like they'd be better served adding shooting, adding depth, just building out a roster, you do have to go after guys who are unrestricted free agents. Yeah. Like, restricted free agents just aren't practical. But Malcolm Brogdon is perfect for Oh, he, he's a oh, fantastic he's But he's also perfect for what they do in Milwaukee, which is why they're going to hold on to him. Danny and Linwood, you're on with the Kamenetsky Brothers. Hey, and Omyo Musuk. Very quick, brother. Uh, so, I'm a little upset about the trade. Yeah, I'm a big Lonzo Ball fan. But the guy I'm looking at right now... Ricky Rubio. What do you guys think about that? I mean, uh, really good defensive player, a good passer. What do you guys think about that one? I That's an interesting I mentioned one. Ricky Rubio to someone with the Lakers and was told, like, they need shooting. Ricky Rubio's shooting uh, last season was not very good. He's only good shooting against the Lakers. Like, I mean, like he's really that good from behind passing, the arc. His passing is terrific. Oh no, he's a he's, he's a, a good, good player. Yeah. If he if he could shoot a lick, of course they wouldn't be able to afford him. But the the problem with Rubio is he doesn't stretch the floor as a guard. If you you would you, I'd rather spend the money on Kemba Walker and have to figure out veterans minimum guys because at least Kemba addresses. The shooting aspect of he's an over, he's over 41, 42 percent as a, and as look, a we spot talk up about, shooter. We talk about the formula to success for LeBron having a very good big man who can spread the floor, and and now we have they have one that can defend the rim. But he's also had great scoring point guards, right? Great scoring guards. Kemba Walker fits that bill. Ticks both of those boxes. Um, so yeah, how you how you figure this out is is really tricky, and we're going to learn again how good recruiters. LeBron and Anthony Davis are, and we're going to learn how clever a GM Rob Palenka is in terms of how he's able to fill out this roster. They don't have the restrictions of last year where they can only sign guys to one-year deals. They can sign somebody for two or three or four years and might be better off doing it that way because they're going to be really hard-pressed to sign guys going down the road. So, you know, it's this is going to be fun to watch. Uh, Vin in Manhattan. Oh. Oh. You hear me? Yes. Oh, sorry. Hey, just quick question, guys. Um, in light of the trade not being consummated as late as we hoped, do you now... We don't know yet. We don't know yet, but it's, so it's clear. We don't know that. Okay, okay, okay. So does that now tilt the pendulum toward thinking that we may have misfired? Because to your guys' point, you know, Palenka is supposed to be the brilliant capologist, et cetera, et cetera. We are now potentially down $5 million to reconstruct a roster from the margin. So does that change your concern about how we're going to reconstruct the team? Thanks. And I, I, I think it makes it hard. Yes. <laughs> Presumably they knew that. It's like they shouldn't, like they agreed to the parameters of this deal. If that's what they got, then they believe that they, if they have, Twenty three million or twenty seven million or thirty one or thirty four. Like it's not gonna it's not gonna be a rounding error on Rob Polinka's part. He's not gonna realize he did the math wrong. It's just he may have overestimated what he can do with twenty three million dollars. Or look this this, price of doing business. Yeah. Yeah. As as I said earlier about Lando Calarissian saying this deal gets worse and worse by the minute, perhaps this is exactly what David Griffin held them up for. Or or Anthony Davis waving his trade kicker. You can't make him do it. I mean, you can make the argument why it would be in his best interest to do it and why, you know, $4 million is $4 million, but in the grand scheme of what he's already earned and what he will earn down the road, 
He may not miss that money, but I can't tell him give up four so, million dollars. Even rich people can still do a lot with four million dollars. I, 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 I'm a Star Wars geek, but I have visions now of David Griffin basically saying, "Pray that I don't leave a garrison here." <laughs> 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 uh, Rick and La Mirada, you're on with the Kamenetsky brothers and Young Young Om Young Masuk. Good morning, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I kind of agree with you guys in terms of uh, using the remainder of the cap space for multiple players. There's one problem with that, and that is multiple teams with tons of cap space. Yep. You know, with New York, with Dallas, these guys are going to overbid for players like Seth Curry. So instead of getting them for $8 million, it's going to be 12 and next Well, 12 is what I expect to pay anyway. Right. So but the point being, I think, Rick, I think that's – I think that the point you're making is the, the, the thing that they're going to have to read the market and figure out because I agree. If I can get Kemba Walker, and I like Kemba more than Andy does, but you know Kemba Walker I think is a great fit with what they need to do, at least certainly offensively, um, and is still relatively young and is a very good player. If you can get him for the full 30 or whatever it's going to be or something close, I'm not sure he's – I think he's probably worth more than splitting it if it's – Two guys, if it's you know JJ Redick and you know another Seth Curry, Seth Curry or whatever it might be, if you're now you're talking about maybe three or four guys who are all pretty quality players, then it that changes the math a little bit because you're filling out a good rotation with good players. I, I just I just don't I I don't know how that's going to play out. I'm not, I'm not sure how it's going to play out either. I just feel like when it comes down to thinking about what to do with that cap space and and who you would use it on and whether or not you use it on an all star. A lot of times that that's filtered through the idea of scoring. And I just think it's important to remember they already have a third scorer in Kuzma. Like Kuzma is a yes. legit. Yeah. And we haven't talked a lot about that. Holding on to Kuzma was a really good It gave them a great yeah. option. This is a he is deal. a legit a, fifteen to twenty yeah. point a night guy. I mean, that's what he does. He do, he can't run an offense the way Kemba Walker can, and he's not a stretch option, you know, he's not a threat from outside the way Walker is, but he's a legit scorer. Right, and it gives them that blanket that if they don't get that Kemba Walker, Kyrie Irving, you have this guy now who can score 30 to 40 on any given night, okay? And that allows you the luxury to say, we're going to fill out the rest of the depth. There are people in that Lakers organization that feel it is absolutely necessary to fill out the roster. Because as I said earlier, you don't know how many games LeBron James and Anthony Davis right. and you don't want to be right? stu- you don't want to be you don't want to be left with just minimum guys, just guys. Look, the other we ever talked about this. It's not just free agents. It's also how good is your scouting department? We've talked a lot about the uh, the Lakers scouting department. They're going to need to go find players in you know that were undrafted and off the waiver wire and stuff like that. Those are going to be important pickups. Guys that can come in suddenly, you know, Alonzo Trier, like yeah. for that that blew up kind of in, in New York this year. Finding guys like that where they can get a dude for the veterans, you know, a minimum and all that kind of stuff, that's going to be huge for the Lakers. So these are all the things they're going to have to do to fill out this roster. But the point is, they've got Anthony Davis, and we will reset uh, everything next, break down the trade, get you kind of up to date on, on what it all means, when it starts, who's coming, who's leaving, and how good it was for the Lakers next ESPN LA.